This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Christian, we know life as a podcaster isn't easy. Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies. But then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damn it, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 110th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch, queuing bitchin' rockabilly track, priming engines, preparing cognitive behavioral therapy for the journey ahead, unencrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling, launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, Christian. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, David. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weirdo. You <laughs> <laughs> say happy Valentine's Day to your guy friends. I don't fucking know, man. I'm just I saying. mean, I guess you could. <laughs> it's a little weird, Christian. But anyway, do you have any big plans, you and the girlfriend? Um. Well, she has the day off while I don't. I'll be working on the podcast and whatever other work I do. Okay. Um. While she's at home, there will be a scavenger hunt set up. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Look at all that effort. I'm also thinking about, which is potential, 50-50, about sending one of those Luminati's um, heart-shaped deep dish pizzas for lunch for her. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's basically going to be my Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Is a heart-shaped pizza. Uh Because we're old and married and have a (laughs) five-year-old and just really don't care anymore so i love that you've got like a whole like scavenger hunt map town <laughs> and i'm just trying to find like a pizza place that does the heart shape <laughs> so um, I, we're going to your you're surra- i'm about to say you're surrounded yeah, by them we're gonna do your- it's just choosing which <laughs> uh-huh. one we want so um but yeah a whole scavenger hunt though to be young and in love that's wonderful that's wonderful sure, sure. whatever like how like i mean what's the do i even want to ask <laughs> <laughs> Like, what's the actual end, like, oh, of the scavenger hunt? Um, it's not so you in a thong, is it? No. Okay. Unfortunately, Like right? a bear rug? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I uh, got a giant, um, not giant, but like a, a big plump um, oh, okay. lion. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> a big plump, like, uh, stuffed animal with okay. a small miniature head for some reason. It's Fucking adorable. Okay. I, I feel um, like you're doing a metaphor here. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of her bracelets recently broke, so I got her a new bracelet. Okay. And then I'll probably be like candy 
throughout the different you know different uh clues okay all right look at you I know all that effort. <laughs> I'm, I'm a creative person, if you haven't noticed. Make it, making me look like a piece of shit. Well, well you right. are. So <laughs> <laughs> I really do it to myself. So. <laughs> I just love the contrast. You're planning a huge like scavenger hunt, and I'm like literally like, okay, where are we getting the pizza? <laughs> you know, that's like first year relationship to like 15 years of like marriage. So. But hey, Christian, with me, every day is Valentine's Day. So, I mean, come on. You're the real treasure, huh? (laughs) You're totally going to dress like Cupid, aren't you? No. You're going to be in a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Little wings on and a bow and arrow. Why are you going to let me borrow one of your adult diapers? Huh? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a pack in the closet. (laughs) All right. Dick. You gotta, for, you gotta post a picture on Instagram, though, Christian. A picture of what? You as a Cupid, man. I'm not Cupid. Give the fans what they want. <laughs> <laughs> or the thong. <laughs> I'll take a picture of just the thong on the bed. How about oh, that? Oh, God. As long as it's an amazing nerd show thong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get them at Tee Public. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before everyone turns off this podcast, let's talk about the news. Before we get into the news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right, starting off this week, filmmaker Matt Reeves has shared the very first look at Robert Pattinson in the Batsuit. Uh, yeah, man, I, I dug it. I liked what I saw. It was very, like, Arkham Asylum. Um, it seemed like a very, like, practical suit just mm-hmm. from what we saw, which is a very, like, dim video of, you know, Robert in the suit. It's just his top half, but you can see that there's, like, joints. It, it seems, like, practical, mm-hmm. at least, you know, at least the shoulders that we saw of the suit. Yeah, it's, it's an armored suit. Yeah. Yes. But it, may, it feels like mm. something that someone could actually wear and move in. It's not like Michael Keaton in 1989, you know, where he literally has to turn his entire body <laughs> to look behind him. Someone had posted um, a picture of, like, every first Batman-like look. Mm-hmm. And you got to Michael Keaton's, and he's standing there so awkwardly yes. in that suit. as a board. <laughs> that poor guy. Um, yeah, no, it seemed a lot more practical. Mm-hmm. So um, what did you think of the bat symbol on his suit? Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. It I, looks I, like it's a weapon of some sort. It looks like gunmetal on his chest, which is fucking awesome. Well, it's funny that you said that. So right away, within like 15 minutes of that video going up, like mm. people were already like speculating. So in like, I guess Batman 1000, Kevin Smith wrote this story about the, I guess right behind the bat symbol. And this is like, you know, common knowledge. There's like a, a steel plate. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in his story, um, it's made out of the gun that Joe Chill uses to kill, you know, the Waynes. Um, Batman, I guess, like like in disguise, went to some pawn shop, found the gun, and like melted it down and like used it as the plate. 
I mean, how fucking psychotic is that? <laughs> but it's very Batman. So it, yes, a complete psycho. <laughs> a man dressed in a giant bat suit. Uh-huh. Um, but people right away, when because you, you do look at it, you can kind of, it does look like it is some kind of weapon or something like that. Maybe it used to be a gun, or I, I doubt it becomes a gun because that would be so on Batman. Mm-hmm. But um, I could see them going that, Tell that route. To Snyder. Especially, yeah, right. <laughs> But if this is like a year one, mm-hmm. like, you know, telling of, you know, the character story, I could definitely see them going that route. I think that'd be a really nice touch. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see. I doubt it. You know, I'm sure it's just like some batarangs or something like that. But that'd be, I mean, that'd be a really cool nuance, mm-hmm. I think. But no, you stole the words right from me. I, the first thing I said was like, oh man, that looks Arkham. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it really does. Um, people were bitching about like the stitching on the cowl. And like comp- comparing it to like Adam West, like how like that you could see that it's. I feel like it's more like it's supposed to look handmade. Mm-hmm. This is this is probably his first bat suit, so I was fine with it. I liked the look, you know, from what we could really see. Once again, these are really dimly lit, you know, a really dimly lit like uh, video, and like just people trying to lighten up the video, basically. But I like the idea of him, you know, putting it together yes. himself like that. Yes. Right? I, I'm fine. It, it still looks expensive mm-hmm. as all fucking hell. So, I mean, maybe he just... Because I mean, he's not going to trust someone with, like, making his fucking mask at this point. So, it makes sense to me. I don't know. So, I was fine with it. It got me excited for the movie. So, um, all right. We're moving on. All right. Up next, we have Sony announcing a new Marvel movie for 2021. So, like, in addition to, like, the films already currently slated... Um, it was revealed um, that there's an untitled like Sony Marvel movie now set for release on October 8th, 2021. Um, there's already a Spider-Man movie that year, so most likely it's probably going to be a spinoff. Hmm. Um, last week, we talked about the rumor of a Craven the Hunter you know, film. Um, I'm sh- still not sure if that's something <laughs> I want. Um, but that being said, I mean, maybe th- that's what this possibly is um but we also heard a strong rumor going around this week that they are looking to do a spider woman movie um starring jessica drew actually being reported by illuminati who i feel like we've been talking about a lot they seem to be a source of a lot of these rumors lately um is like saying that they even have an actress and and director like you know like targeted at this point uh, which is Alicia Vikander. I'm totally destroying her name. The the, the actress who played the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I think she also won an Oscar or something. <laughs> <laughs> she was also an Ex Machina. Yes, she was Ava, an mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Um, and also the director is, I guess, Michelle McLaren, who has done tons of fucking TV shows and shows that we all love, like Game of Thrones, um, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, um, X-Files, I guess. So mm-hmm. a lot of good shit, uh, but this would be her like first feature film, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this I mean, this has been like actually reported by a bunch of different sites. So I'm a fan of the character. I love Jessica Drew. Um, she's got a fucked up origin story. Uh, it's completely completely like convoluted at this point i know bendez tried to like kind of pull it all together um i'm not sure what how that ended up Mm -hmm. but um you know i i hope they 
kind of almost skip her origin or just like that's the first like 10 minutes of the film and just get into the character you know put her in a mission right away um but yeah i i don't know why this hasn't happened sooner or why this hasn't been talked about sooner um there is something weird where like i guess the mcu and sony both kind of like share the rights to the character where i'm not sure how this works or why this works this way but i guess marvel has more of the rights to the jessica drew character and then sony has the rights to like the spider woman persona um so i don't know if it's going to be kind of like a like quicksilver type no. deal you know where fox had you know their quicksilver and you know you know the mcu had their quicksilver um but i don't know why that would work with jessica drew now I feel like Jessica Drew is not a Spider-Man character whatsoever. Like, she was never really attached to Spider-Man and his story. Um, recently, they've been trying to kind of, like, shoehorn her in. Um, but I still feel like she's much more of an Avengers character okay. to me. So, um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it all sounds great on paper so far. I just, you know, it's I Sony. saw Venom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sony. Yeah. It's Sony. Venom's going to be a dark cloud over mm. all these Sony stories <laughs> until they prove us wrong. You know, yep. hopefully like Morbius does that. Exactly. At least. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I, I love the character and I, I always wondered why we weren't getting a Spider one, a woman movie and it was never even like rumored. So, and there's lots of different like versions of Spider Woman too, like different characters wearing that mantle. So they could choose a different one. Um, and I'm I was surprised to see them going with Jessica Drew because she definitely has more of a difficult origin story to mm -hmm. tell. So, um, but she's my favorite version of the character. Uh, but it, you know, Bendis did like just a fantastic job of like revitalizing the character, you know, in the early 2000s. So, and, like, making her really matter again um, and, like, shine in the Marvel Universe because she was kind of, like, thrown in the wayside and just forgotten about. And I, I'm not sure why. I'm actually surprised that they're not doing, like, a, like, Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider story with that character's popularity. Mm -hmm. You know, I know they have her, like, in the animated movie, but it feels like they would want to capitalize kind of well, do you think it's just because, you know, she's in a different universe and they, they'd have to, like, start doing Spider-Verse shit? Well, they don't... I don't think they need... Like, they could just, like, tell their own story. It doesn't have to be attached to what's going on mm. with the other Spider-Man movies. You know, it'd be its own standalone thing and just happen in a different, like, reality. I mean, I do think um, Spider-Gwen will eventually reach the big screen because she is that popular. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I'd rather see someone like Silk at this point. Yeah. Silk's a great character. She doesn't get enough love. Um, so that's an... And she is directly tied into, you know, Peter's origin story. So I, I'm, I'm also surprised that they're not going that route, too. You know, uh, but it is what it is. So I mean, I'm just happy that, you know, that it's a possibility mm -hmm. at this point. It's... At the end of the day, it's a it's a smart move for Sony. You know, it's not, that's a character that... If they, you know, if they don't lose the rights to Marvel at some point, uh, they yeah. could really capitalize on and use to their full extent. Because it doesn't sound like Marvel has any plans for uh, Drew at the moment. No, no. Which is unfortunate. Because I feel like it'd be fantastic to see her, like, pop up in an Avengers movie. 
So, um, you know, especially with your doing kind of like a new Avengers theme, I feel like with the next, you mm-hmm. know, upcoming films, I feel like she definitely could be, you know, part of that team. She shows up in like Black Widow for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. though at one point. So they could do that. They could, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, her like ties to like throughout the Marvel Universe is pretty fucking deep. So there's a lot of different routes and avenues that they could really explore with the character. So, all right. So speaking of a huge story, Marvel story that Jessica Drew was part of. Uh, there's a rumor that uh, MCU wants to do a Secret Invasion series on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's funny, like, if, you know, Jessica Drew is an actual, like, you know, choice that Sony's making, and then they're, you know, right after that, there's going to be a Secret Invasion story. It feels like, you know, all the ducks are getting in a row. I don't know how much you know about the Secret Invasion story, so I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't spoil anything for, you know, listeners, um, especially if this actually becomes a reality. But, you know, she is is a major character in that story. So I, this could be two separate events and have nothing to do with each other and, you know, whatever. But it'd be kind of cool if they kind of connected Mm -hmm. so and that's just me nerding out here but (laughs) uh but uh, so according to daniel reitman um who's a journalist i guess they don't say what he's writing for or whatever so fuck him but uh, (laughs) um uh there's a rumor uh that secret invasion uh is going to actually be a tv series that ties directly into the upcoming captain marvel 2 story um how much do you know about the secret invasion story you know, I read up on it, but I never got a chance to actually read the book. So, but you know that you know basically the gist that mm-hmm. it's the scrolls, you know, infiltrating the Marvel universe. It actually replaced some of the characters, like you know, throughout the years, unbeknownst to other Marvel characters. So, um, it's kind of a story that there was this huge build up for, and you know, it got fans like going crazy, speculating for almost a year. I want to say. Um, you know, like of all the different possibilities, you know, is this character really a scroll? You know, this character has been acting weird in this storyline, you know, maybe they're a scroll, mm. um, especially after, you know, a lot of things that they did with Civil War. So, um, but unfortunately, the payoff in the end kind of fell flat, um, where I could see, you know, Kevin Faki like picking up a storyline like this and really like, you know, making gold with it. Um, Because it's such a cool concept, you know, like, you know, these popular characters actually not being who they say they are and everything. And it just led to all this, like, you know, distrust, you know, between, like, characters and all this great tension and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a really fun concept. So, um, but yeah, with Captain Marvel 2 and Spider-Woman, you know, being talked about and, you know, Captain Marvel and Spider-Woman, they're, like, best friends in the books, too. So... It just feels like it all could be connected. Um, it probably isn't, though, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I would love to see it. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's probably more about, you know, what the next Avengers mm-hmm. film is going to be. It always is. So, um, but, yeah, no. I, give me some Jessica Drew, man. I, I, I'd be really excited to see that Where character. Where are they going? You know? I have no idea. We're going to go down this rabbit hole, Christian. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> scrolls, multiverse madness. But hey, man, that's like a typical, you know, run in the comics. Exactly. So honestly, um, I love that they're being ballsy, though. 
and yes. that they're willing to tackle these huge storylines that took place in the comics, you know, now on the big screen. So um, it shows that, you know, they're kind of like, you know, fearless at this point. So, because it's a lot for an audience member to really digest, though. Mm. There's a lot of, like, crazy concepts that it seems like they're going to be throwing out there in the next couple phases that we'll see if it, like, turns off your, like, average, like, moviegoer. Like the Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that even's got me on the run. So. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, hey, man, it's a cool time to be a Marvel fan. So. Absolutely. All right, on the horror front, The Hunt has returned with a release date for March 13th, Friday the 13th. It's come back from the dead, Damon. There's been a killing spree. You gotta come here right now. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. (laughs) But you are. We have an opportunity here to teach these people. These are not real people. They're actors. I'm playing an Arab refugee, but I identify as white. I think that's problematic too, in some way. You wanted it to be real, so you decided it was. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are, and they don't know how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. Dun dun dun. So this movie was on the shelf. Um, it was pulled. It had a release date last year, but there was tons of controversy. Um, I guess, I guess during some like um, there was advanced viewings or something like yeah. that, um, a site kind of picked up on the fact that the whole like movie's concept is about like elitists, you know, left wing elitists hunting. I guess you know Donald Trump supporters or something. At least that's the way they're kind of like angling it mm-hmm. in the story. And then there was an unfortunate like shooting that took place like either before or after. Um, so the studio was like quick to like you know give it the hook and you know put it on the shelf. But now, strange enough, the whole marketing campaign seems to be about the controversy and everything i literally i think the the trailer starts off with the most controversial film of 2019 that you never saw mm-hmm. um which is weird it shows you how quickly <laughs> like controversy just becomes you know just another part of the news cycle and it just kind of like disappears and now they're using it to actually sell the fucking movie um I wanted to see this movie when you know we saw the first trailer last year and i still want to see this movie um, it sounds from what the article saying a lot of that controversy was completely overblown and that's not really what the movie's about. Um, this is written by Damon Lindoff, who just came off of, you know, great success with The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine him making something so crass for what they're kind of describing. So, um, and this is uh, directed by Craig Zobel. So, which I don't know much about. I feel like he's, I think it was some small screen stuff and he did some stuff with Damien actually. But I mean, as far as the uh, guy from Watchmen goes, I mean, he has a very good understanding of political tones working its way into a script in a, in a very respectful manner. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I Mm. can't see him doing something so crass (laughs) as just like, you know, people hunting down Donald Trump supporters, you know? Um, so I I don't know. I I mean, starring Emma Roberts, um, it's got a decent looking cast. 
I don't know. I, I'm excited for this film. Yeah, I'm still super down. Even the this trailer felt very different from the first one. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it was still like had me hooked the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I it did. It, I felt like it was a lot of the same footage that we showed, but they just kind of like weaved the controversy like through it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like poking fun at it. So I don't know, man. More horror for us. Exactly. Now we're moving on to our comic book spotlight. All right, this week we're talking X-Force number seven, written by Benjamin Percy and illustrated by Oscar Basildua. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically we're following Domino uh, with this issue. Uh, She feels off. Um, Her luck powers seem like they're been drained, you know, after she was captured and tortured by that crazy, you know, mutant Hayden, like, cult um so like you know to demonstrate they show her like roll like you know snake eyes where she says she usually gets like sevens every time mm-hmm. um there's been a bunch of crazy like assassinations taking place i guess um some someone is killing off like mutant supporters um but like in in like just basically like odds defying ways um the x-force group takes notice Domino starts tracking them, um, and she feels like, you know, maybe it's a lead to what's happened to her powers, you know, because she feels like something's missing mm-hmm. with her. Um, she basically finds a pattern, um, you know, tracks down where the next hit is about to take place. Uh, she puts a stop to it, and then she comes face to face with like a negative version of herself. So. Christian, how did you feel about this book? You know, the X-Force series in general had been super enjoyable until those last few pages for me. Really? Yeah, okay. uh, it's just because I, I just came off of reading, you know, her her single issues on her own. Like yeah, her solo, solo book. book. And we just had a storyline where it was pretty much her losing her powers to someone else and, you know, pretty much getting drained of her luck abilities for a negative version of herself kind of in a way okay so this is kind of like almost a retelling of that i actually remember you reviewing that book actually (laughs) and i thought about that while reading this um yeah so because i was going to ask you like does this tie into that at all i don't believe so okay yeah it doesn't seem like it right because the dude's dead so (laughs) yeah so the person who in the solo Mm. book okay so yeah no i so it, it feels like this is something that happened to her, you know, during the whole, like, you know, capture, you know, thing. Like, you know, somehow they've harvested, like, mm-hmm. her luck power and gave it to another, you know, character or assassin. That's what I was getting from it, or maybe I was just assuming that. Um, I like her journey, like, throughout, you know, X-Force line so far. I like that we're really kind of like following her, it seems like. It mm-hmm. seems like she's almost like the main character of the book, oddly enough. So, I mean, more so than like Wolverine. Wolverine feels like he's more in the background. Yeah. Or even uh, Kid Omega. So, um, I feel like she's got like the biggest storyline, which I enjoy because I really love the character. Um, but that being said, I thought it was a little cheesy. It felt a little mm. 90s, like seeing this, like, you know... I don't know, different version of her, this, like, doppelganger. I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. It wasn't a huge reveal. Um, and I don't know necessarily where we're going, storyline-wise. It just feels like we're going to be, 
you know, unveiling like more of the secrets of this like weird group. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, their name is completely like escaping me right now. That that weird cult that like started off the series, um, you know, with Professor X's assassination. So I just hope we don't get too off track with this like kind of like side story, um, you know, and we kind of like dive deeper into the mystery. I'm, I'm I only picture like maybe two or three issues okay. on this in general. Okay, They're, these books are coming out so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're on issue seven already. I mean, they must be coming like two to three a month. It feels like at this point. So, I like you said, I've dug the series so far though. Um, I love that it's like gritty and dark and they're not scared to fucking, you know, cut off a few heads here mm-hmm. and there. Um, I love the whole like, you know, dark, like seedy, almost like CIA like operations that they're running and everything and like how it's affecting certain characters like Beast and, you know, whatnot. So, you know, and like like seeing Domino actually deal with like trauma and like it actually like resonate like throughout her story in this mm-hmm. series because so much of the time when characters deal with something like this you know in the comics it's kind of like over with after an issue or two um i like the fact that she's really dealing with something and you know she's uh conf- in the book she confronts another survivor colossus who just you know like died basically and was brought back to life you know, and they're kind of like sharing this weird bond, it seems like. And I, I love to see them kind of like get into that relationship and see if that like develops into something. Because I think Colossus is supposed to end up being part of this group because um, he's been like featured on some of the covers. Mm. We just haven't gotten there yet. So, I mean, they're definitely telling like a long form story. So, um, which I, I enjoy. You know, um, but yeah, as one of like, you know, the side books, you know, the spinoff books for the X-Men, this so far has been really working for me. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I'm surprised how much uh, X-Men in general has been, you know, I I've, I felt like I might have fallen off at some point with how it was being written and stuff. But X-Force has been super enjoyable, yeah. super crazy, super violent, and it's definitely still got me hooked. Just this issue in general has been the first one for me to really fall off because it as you said it feels like you know some cart very cartoonish uh, yeah. style book yeah like i mean i don't know maybe it's just something about the character design that mm. turned me off you know like literally seeing a twin of domino just you know the opposite cop color scheme just mm-hmm. felt so 90s <laughs> to me i don't know it just didn't do anything for me so but yeah but yeah i definitely still recommend this series all right well before we move on this is a word from our sponsor This just in, the easiest way to monetize your podcast is here. Let us tell you about Podcorn. Nothing is more frustrating than working on a podcast you're passionate about and not knowing how to monetize it. Even in-app solutions from your hosts lead to aggravation and only pennies on the dollar. But thanks to Podcorn, the advertisers are brought to you. No longer do you have to spend hours DMing and emailing companies. Podcorn gives you the floor to pitch your show directly to the right advertisers that reflect your audience. And my favorite part of Podcorn is the fact that you're protected. Not only do they support you during the process, they make sure you get paid. And they're super user friendly. Well, I like that the Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. That's why podcasters should click the link in our show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. 
Podcorn connecting unique voices to unique brands. Damon, we saw a movie this week. That's right. Uh, what the fuck is it called, man? They've changed the title already. <laughs> uh, well, it was originally called Birds of Prey. Yes. Uh, and the Emancipation of, of one, one Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn. Right? Yeah. And now it's Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. <laughs> and now, our feature presentation. That wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. You are so cool. You never and you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're gonna have to work together. Sure. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. Are we ready? You blow up After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. This was directed by Kathy Yan and written by Christina Hudson. Damon, how'd you feel about this film? Alright, so light spoilers ahead. Um, I thought this was a fun time. Uh, it's a nice kind of reintroduction to Harley Quinn to the DC universe without all the Suicide Squad baggage. It's, it was fast-paced action with like all these vibrant set pieces that I thought really popped. You know, a lot of that we saw in the trailer. Um, but I felt like you know the bright, like rich color palette plus the awesome soundtrack really captured the essence of who Harley Quinn as a character was and really set the tone for the entire film. I like the scale of the film. Um, I hope DC does more films this size uh, with its characters. Not all these films need to be set around like earth-shattering events. Plus, I think the action was great um, and very well done. It reminded me a lot of John Wick with like their use of like wide shots. Um, it was impactful because you could actually tell what was going on, which is huge for me in an, you know, an action sequence. I want to be able to see what's happening to the characters. It makes you care more. So, you know, I thought the cast all brought their A game, um, even though I do feel like a lot of the characters were grossly underwritten. Uh, with that being said, I thought the performance was strong enough to make me care about them. Um, you know, I keep on emphasizing care because like with movies like Suicide Squad, I found myself not caring a lot. This was the opposite. I definitely think it's like a head scratcher why they didn't call the movie Harley Quinn from, you know, the start. It definitely feels much more like a prelude to a Birds of Prey film than, you know, a Birds of Prey film. Because um, a lot of the, you know, supporting characters are just like, you know, sketches. They're not like fully formed characters, unfortunately. But like I said, with those performances, it left me wanting more from them. You know, I wanted to know more about the birds. Um, like Ewan McGregor is living his like best life in this role. Uh, you could tell that he really was like bathing in the glory of being able to cut loose as this like weird, eccentric, ultra violent villain. Um, you could tell that like he was adding a lot of his own like personal touches 
you know, to the character. I'm not a huge, like, Black Mask fan, so I was okay with that. I could see where, like, more, like, hardcore, you know, <laughs> fans of the character might be turned off, but I dug it. Uh, Margot Robbie is pretty much Harley Quinn at this point. You know, I, I can't imagine anyone else playing her. Um, so, I mean, it. I felt like this was definitely her best performance as the character. While there's definitely some strange choices uh, with the narrative of the film that kind of screws up the pacing, uh, I didn't really hate it. I get what the director was trying to go for. I just wish they would have gone like completely full Harley with it. Since Harley is the narrator of the film and it's like told through her point of view, I think they really could have had this like bizarre avant-garde, like sick, twisted action film that like at the same time, like really explores like Harley's like damaged psyche, like have more scenes, like when she's tied up and she gets knocked out and she goes into this whole music sequence, you know, give me more of that. Just like off the wall shit. Um, I don't know if like today's audiences would be ready for something like that. I don't know how like mainstream that would be. Um, you know, so I guess we got kind of more of like the bubblegum, like pop version of that movie, which is fine. You know, but I, I just, from what I saw in the trailers, I was expecting a little more of that style, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But in the long run, I do feel like they captured the core of Harley's character um, and what makes her tick. The whole idea of like self-empowerment, rising above her like codependency and like all the abuse and trauma that she's like endured in her life. Um, and becoming her own person. I think that's like the character in a nutshell, um, you know, when Harley really like works. Um, they hit on those themes and yeah, maybe they could have gone deeper and, you know, hopefully next time they do, um, those elements were there. So I did appreciate that because I felt like they're missing in Suicide Squad. Um, so overall, if you're a fan of the character, this is an action-packed ride that like is entertaining despite its flaws. Uh, and it, it really leaves you wanting more. Um, I left the theater wanting to see another Harley Quinn movie. So, and that's all you could really ask for. So grade-wise, I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid B, Christian. I, I share a lot of the same sentiments. It was a very much an enjoyable ride through and through. Um, I did, on a technical level, I loved a lot of it. I don't know if you, and this, this is a question I have for you. Um, how was the sound in your theater in general? It was good. Yeah, like, had, you I didn't did. have any issues with mixing or anything like that? Because it might have just been my theater. Was it dialogue? No, it was more of like, sometimes the music felt, for me, overpowering a lot of like the dialogue or the scene. And there was some kind of weird choices with sound mixing throughout the entire film. But it could have just been my shitty speakers at my theater. Okay, it, it, that's a possibility. Did you see it in like a? I've only a seen lesser, it once so far. So. A lesser theater? No, I saw it at like the, the usual AMC, but you know, just every once in a while. Really? Okay. Mm. Um, like it felt the film felt weirdly quiet for something that had so much music in it. I don't know if the atmosphere sounds now, were just different. No, it did have a strong like I don't know music video mm -hmm. vibe going on at times. But I never felt like the dialogue was muddled or anything. Okay. So I can't necessarily... Well, that I mean, that was my biggest flaw while watching it, okay. was that experience. But beyond that, you know, cinematography-wise, everything, uh, color and everything going forward, I thought that was all beautifully well done. Um, and as you were saying, you know, a big part 
for anything that has to do with action for me, there needs to be a fucking wide where you need to see everything that's going on or I'm going to be pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love like you see all the well done like choreography throughout each and every single action piece. I mean, everything was set up to go from this scene to this scene and it was so well done, especially like um for an example, the prison breakout scene. Mm-hmm. You know, all you could see all the little intricacies that they did there and the mix between, you know, who like Margot doing the stunts and the actual stunt woman, you know, do seamless. Yes, at times. I agree. You know, I Especially thought it was so the well done. End scene with the roller skates, exactly. You know, the car trace. So, which I, that was also, I thought that was an interesting take to do. I, I really enjoyed all the little pieces they put in. Um, Story wise, you know, I I do I feel like I hear what you're saying with you know it's you know Harley Quinn's journey throughout the entire film is kind of like you know she's trying to overcome everything and stuff like that i kind of want a little bit more of that and like you were saying with uh you know like the moment where she does get punched and stuff like that that could have been way more throughout the film uh, yeah. there could have been a lot more crazy things antics like that um and it would have made more sense i feel like we would have gotten a little bit more of that tone that you're you're talking about with you know, her overcoming um, the breakup and everything like that. Yes, yes. And I think maybe the choice of mm-hmm. having it, or like, almost... I feel like they half-assed the whole, like, team aspect of the film, where if they would have just been, you know, making the choice right off the bat, no, this is a Harley Quinn story, you know? And, like, like I said, maybe it's a prequel to mm-hmm. a Birds of Prey movie, but, like, then you could just focus on her exactly. story. You know, meet these characters throughout her journey... But, and, like, maybe at the very end, like, hint at a team-up, but not necessarily get there. You know, let Harley go through her journey and not get kind of weighed down by the other characters. Absolutely. Now, I love the other characters, but, you know, I wanted more Harley, mm-hmm. I think, and her, like, you know, personal story. Um, I loved Ewan throughout this entire film. I thought yes. he did amazing as Black Mask. And I, I, Black Mask has never been that character that I really give a shit about. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time... Um, what he brought to that character and how like flamboyant and lively he made that character, I thought it was fucking awesome. But I thought, I thought it was, it was well generally like scary too. At yes. Times. <laughs> um, what was it? Zaz, I I didn't like throughout this. I and I don't. And we'll get. I guess we'll get more into spoilers later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like some choices they made with villains, I was a little eh about. Um, I did enjoy everything that Elizabeth Weinstead's character, I, like what they show from the trailers, totally threw me off when we actually got from the actual movie. That's mm. Huntress for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, I loved uh, Black Canaries throughout the film. The cop stuff with Montoya where they're trying to constantly relay it back to a, like an 80s sitcom cop show eh, didn't do too much for me. Yeah. Throughout, I didn't really get that too much from her. Yeah. I- she felt more of a plot device, mm-hmm. you know, in the film than anything um, where I could see them kind of like having her more in the background. And like if they do a sequel or something, you know, introducing another character. Kind like of maybe place. maybe she'll almost be like their Oracle going forward. Yeah. Or maybe just have fucking Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but all in all, I, like this was like a very well wrapped presence for Harley Quinn as a film. This was the better um, portrayal for Harley Quinn, I would say, between this and Suicide Squad so far. Like Margot has has felt like her 
through both films, but this for some reason felt so much like they maybe it's because they dived into the character a little bit more, but this felt so much more like who Harley is to a T, like a hundred percent. Like I thought this like going forward, if anyone needs to know who the fucking character is, just watch this film. Exactly. Yeah. I think she always captured the essence mm-hmm. of the character is this this movie is more of a Harley Quinn, like more of a genuine Harley Quinn story. Yes. Um, where Suicide Squad, I don't know what the fuck that was. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to give my grade because I want to hear some thoughts about other characters okay. that we, we haven't been able to talk about. Um, I'm going to give it a solid B+. I did enjoy it quite a lot. And mostly, I mean, when you put something that's that pretty in front of me with that well done action scenes, it's going to it's gonna get to me. All right. All right. So now I want to know, what did you think of uh, Cassandra Cain? And I, what did you think of Black Canary? Um, I didn't really care for, like, the detective bringing up the mom and everything like that. It didn't... I liked that. The backstory? Like I liked she... the backstory. I felt like it could have been told differently. Like, through flashbacks or something? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I thought that was a kind of... I liked the fact that there was, like, a backstory there. Hmm. Um, kind of explaining why she wasn't using her powers. Because I definitely need a reason why she's not <laughs> using her powers. Um... But it wasn't, they spoil it, I feel like, in the trailer that she uses her powers. Right? I feel like that was in the trailers. I think maybe in the later trailers they show that sequence. Um, That's a weird choice. Because I felt like it was supposed to be a big moment. And it was a little flat for me. Uh, But in the long run, I liked her portrayal of the character. And I liked there was like a lineage there. So um, if we do get another Birds story, I hope to see more of that. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you want another Birds movie? No, I totally want a sequel. Because okay. I want to know, like, I want to see these characters work together again in some capacity. Now, would you be okay with a Birds story without Harley? Um, as long as, I mean, as long as it's well written, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's That's what it always comes down to. I feel like they'd need a couple more characters in there. You know, I, I would probably need like Batgirl or something in there. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe you could have a bird story where Harley's the villain that they're going after. I was so when we got to the end of the film, and you know Harley kind of betrays them. Mm-hmm. You know, spoilers, but uh, <laughs> yeah, big spoilers, but kind of in a fun way. In a fun way, I was thinking that she was going to take up um, the mantle for Black Mask. Like, that's what I, I was like. Jesus. <laughs> not, not just in that way, but I was like, oh, Slow she. Slow setting muta- mutism. Is that even a term? And then Harley's taking over the black mask mantle. Kind of. Like, she would have taken over the gang. Like, she had the diamonds. Oh. She would get all the assets and everything okay. like that. She's not wearing the actual no. black mask, but she's basically becoming a crime lord. Exactly. That's where I thought it was going to go, but obviously yeah, didn't. <laughs> I wish they would have played a little more with the fact like I liked the whole angle of like now she's broken up with the Joker and everyone wants to kill her mm-hmm. you know once again to bring back to like you bring it back to like John Wick it felt like a John Wick moment where like everyone realizes oh Harley's open game you know <laughs> so she's literally like every corner she goes to she's being attacked by someone mm-hmm. new so I, I kind of dug that I think I would have liked to see more of a like, a longer sequence with that happening. So, um, but, you know, I guess you only have an hour and a half, right? Exactly. <laughs> How did you feel about her, like, narrating the whole movie? 
I didn't have a problem with that. Okay. But like as we said in our reviews, I feel like if there was more of those sequences and moments where you know she's fucking things up and she's like it's disjointed, yeah, messing up the story and stuff yeah. like that, and we have to go back, that would have been better throughout the entire film. And where there's like even like a Harley reality and like the actual reality, exactly. Like, yeah, give me something like that, and I would just. From some of the sequences we saw in the trailer, I really was expecting more of that, I guess. So, um, and, you know, maybe later on, hmm. you know, they do a movie like that. A more, well, I, I hate to say serious tone, but like, <laughs> you know, more of like an art house film, I guess, with Harley. I mean, it worked with the Joker. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did enjoy the film overall. I was really sad to hear that it's not doing well, hmm. which I think is bizarre. Um do you I mean I don't think it's because of the way that they like titled the movie I think that's absolutely ridiculous but I mean do you think it's a you know a scheduling problem where you have Valentine's Day the next weekend and then maybe people just saving their dates for I don't know I don't know because I I just really expected this movie to do well exactly. like I, it wasn't even a second thought so when all of a sudden they were saying that it was underperforming like halfway through the weekend I was really surprised um you know, some someone brought up the fact that like Harley doesn't like have her original look. Like she doesn't necessarily look the way she looks in Suicide Squad. So if like you're just seeing Birds of Prey and you're just seeing that character, you might not necessarily attach it to Harley Quinn. But I, and maybe I'm just in such a nerd bubble. I'm like, what? <laughs> that sounds ridiculous to me. Um, but, I think that's stupid. Like, maybe if you're, like, a casual, like, audience goer, though, like a movie goer, that you wouldn't necessarily pick that up? I feel like there's enough of her iconic look in general throughout that yeah. that you get it, that it's her no matter that's, what. I feel that way, too. But once again, we're in the bubble, so I don't know. <laughs> and if anything, most of the people that I know that are more casual to these things are more interested in seeing her do new looks and different styles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just... I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, at yeah. that level. I mean, maybe if they had like a scene or two with her with that like Suicide Squad look mm-hmm. in like the trailer, and then that would have like okay, wait, oh, this is a Harley Quinn movie. Um, it is still ridiculous though. They should have just called it Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no reason to like. I, I get that they want to do this kind of like girl gang movie, but we didn't even get the girl gang no. until the very end of the movie, to like the last ten minutes of the film. So, at that point, just call it Harley Quinn, and then the sequel can be the Girl Gang movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that yeah. sequence was so well done that I want way more of that. Yeah. The entire, like, that ten minutes where they're fucking fighting in the room, that uh, in the, great. like, funhouse. That, that was great? fucking awesome. The Huntress is a fucking nut. Yeah. I, <laughs> I want her to have her own movie. I, I love she that she's fun. not only a nut, but she's awkward as well. Yes. Like, I thought that was amazing. Because like, she's basically been training to fucking kill people and, mm-hmm. you know, get revenge for the last, like, what, 15 years of her life. So, so all her social skills out the window. Yes, yes. All she knows <laughs> is how to kill. It so, makes so much sense. <laughs> yes. But it was fun. Um, but, yeah, definitely go see this movie. Um, don't listen to all the naysayers out there because most of them haven't even seen the fucking film. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of, like, piling on, like, after the fact. Um, I didn't hear any like you know negative feedback while the movie was being you know marketed, and then all of a sudden like it started to underperform, and there's a lot of people on like message boards and shit like that, you know, saying oh that's what they get, you know, trying to like drive like this message quote unquote. 
um, you know, down people's throats. I'm like, what message are you fucking talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just so ridiculous that there could be, like, an all-female cast, you know? It's like, what the hell year is it, guys? And my, and my sentiment for that is I can't imagine what's going to happen with A-Force. Yeah, if they do an A-Force <laughs> film. It's yeah, going to happen. You think so? I think so. Really? I don't know. If anything, they'll get a like a Disney Plus movie. Okay, this is DC. Let's that. I'm just. <laughs> We're going down the fucking Marvel <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's give DC its moments. Damn mm. it. Um, but yeah, I still don't. I really don't. I don't know. I don't. Know. I have to see. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. Definitely go and see this movie if you're a fan of you know comic books mm-hmm. and the genre and the characters. So. Hopefully it does better the second, you know, weekend. Yes, absolutely. Especially with Valentine's Day. I exactly. feel like it might, like, also. It's a, a big little... date weekend. That's yeah. why I was, like, thinking, oh, maybe people are just saving it for next week. That could you be. You know, that's. Because it's not really a strong box office this coming weekend, right? Mm-hmm. What do we have, like, Fantasy Island? And Sonic. And Sonic the that's, fucking That's your office. options. <laughs> I think it should do strong. Like mm-hmm. I think you know Harley Quinn, and now they retitled it. Um, I think Harley Quinn will do stronger the second weekend. <laughs> you know, I mean, it won't beat its you know total or anything like that, but I think it'll have a strong showing at least. Exactly. And won't do the usual like fifty percent drop or sixty percent drop at least. It's totally gonna tank this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? All right, David. Well, we gotta close out the show. All right. Before we go, go ahead and check out DramaCityProductions.com. You can listen to us there and a bunch of other great podcasts. Uh, You can also find us over at BigHeadMedia.com. Once again, tons of great podcasts along with us. Exactly. And if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure it's that five-star review. That's right. That definitely helps a small, independent podcast like us keep on going. If you liked any of the news stories we talked about today, you can find them on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at, at Amazing Nerd Show. Yes, we are your nerd hub for all the latest news and pop culture. Uh, beyond that, if you're looking to support the show, we have merch, guys. We got t-shirts, mugs, the works, all on TeePublic. And then you can also find us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead and pick up some nerd swag and maybe even the shirt of your favorite wrestler. All right, next week we're going to be talking NXT TakeOver Portland. That's right. Uh, We haven't talked wrestling uh, for a while, so it'll be nice to get back on track. Yes. And then uh, we'll be reviewing Fantasy Island. All right, well, that does it for this week. So my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. In the town of Valentine Plus, there are many ways to die. Take your pick. My bloody Valentine.